want to go back to my 20-year-old self and tell her to trust tuning into her natural abilities. Because when I look backward at my professional career, the line that ties it together makes so much sense. But the wisdom I had collected and my natural ambition had taught me, right, that it was more about titles. It was more about industries. A catalyst is the people around us that see so much opportunity to make the world better and they feel driven to action to do it. I'm Shannon Lucas. I'm Tracy Lovejoy. To celebrate the launch of our book, Move Fast, Break Shit, Burn Out, we're launching this podcast featuring interviews with the catalysts who are featured in the book. Please subscribe now to get the next episodes as they're released this fall. To connect with other catalysts like you, come join our global community at galaxy.catalystconstellations.com. Hey, Tracy, how's it going? Hey, Shannon. I'm so excited to get this opportunity to interview you. Why don't you tell our listeners and readers a little bit about yourself? Well, I am delighted to have you interview me. This is a nice rare treat that we get this kind of time together to just talk and hear about one another. So starting with, of course, I am the proud co-CEO of Catalyst Constellations with you. My background professionally is in research, and I spent a lot of years in the corporate world managing research for product and innovation teams at Microsoft. And I left after 12, 13 years there, and I shifted into coaching, which really feels like my calling. After a few years in private practice within coaching, I circled back to my research background so that I could really study people that had been my favorite clients. And that's when I had come to call the people that you and I work with and support and champion today, catalysts. Outside of my professional life, I'm the very, very proud mother of two Uh, And the truth is, I really love being a mom. I am also a wife, a very proud wife. We have been together 24 years, which I'm grateful for, but makes me feel old when I say it out loud. I live in Seattle, Washington in the U.S., but I grew up in Southern California, and I'm definitely an example of the old adage of you can take the girl out of, but you can't take the Southern California out of the girl. So I wear flip-flops every day. The beach is my favorite place, and I haven't given up my California blonde, even though it is no longer my natural color. I don't think of you that way, but if it feels right, you own it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's an interesting question to get to ask you of all people, but what is your relationship with the word catalyst? Yeah, it's even as I hear you ask the question, it it sends, honestly, a set of shivers kind of through the center of me and down my arms, because it really feels like my life's work. When I started the interviews, I had no idea what this would be. Obviously, I didn't know you and I would have the great opportunity for us to work together. I felt like I had stumbled on something and I knew it was important because of the way the people I was interviewing were reacting to it, but I didn't know. And so today, these years later, right, I really see the work that you and I do to champion catalysts as my sense of purpose so that we can really help them more powerfully change the world. And it feels like an honor. I definitely reacted strongly when you told me about it. So that relates. Why did you want to write this book? To some extent, I felt like the book itself wanted to be written. I had a very different intention when I'd started the interviews. The creation of the movement and what we've become today has taken on somewhat of a life of its own. There are many, many people that you and I get to work with, right? We work with them one-on-one. We work with their teams. 
but there are so many that we'll never get to work with. And we still, you and I both have that deep desire for the information that we've gathered through research and through working with Catalyst to be accessible to all the Catalysts out there. Uh, and so it, it really just, it honestly feels like a seminal piece that that has, it, it's, it's finding its place in the world for the first time. And I'm so thankful. Is there one thing you'd like people to take away from Move Fast, Break Shit, Burnout? What would you like it to be? You know me for not being always very concise and you've asked me for one and I'm going to give you two. (laughs) The first is you're not alone, right? You know better than anyone with me how often we have people find us and have some utterance of the phrase of, I had no idea that there were others like me. I just thought I was weird. I've been trying to figure out a way to kind of self-manage all these years. The second thing is that being a catalyst is a great way to be. You as a catalyst can make meaningful impact without sacrificing yourself, without sacrificing your relationships, without that constant relationship to burnout. I have so many clients come and one in particular that talked about in work together of, is it worth it? Is it worth it to be a catalyst? It can feel really painful. It can feel really draining. You're kind of always Davy facing Goliath in some ways. And what I would love people to know is absolutely being a catalyst is a great way to be. As a catalyst, how was it to write the book? It was fabulous. Uh, and funny the way that you and I would fall into the traps and cycles we know happen to all catalysts. The fabulous part, right, that you know is that we worked with a ghostwriter that is herself a catalyst. And so to have that experience of watching her life transform as we wrote the book felt so wonderfully justifying because this is so new that, you know, you and I both have that question mark of, is this going to be worthwhile, right? Are there enough people out there that this is an important message for? And so to have our person be there with us and be experiencing it and changing was just incredible. The traps we fell into, and you know this all too well, is you and I love to optimize and iterate, So we did that with great rapidity. And I remember our ghostwriter being like, I've never had anyone get comments back with the speed that you two do, with the frequency that you two do. Um, And it had to be really, really great. And so, you know, that, that constant drive to make it better was definitely present for us. I'll just add to that, the working with Brandon definitely helped with that imposter syndrome, right? Because you go and it's like, is this going to resonate with anyone? And the fact that we got to witness that was so fantastic. Yes. Yeah. What are your earliest catalyst memories? Yeah, I knew this question was coming and I've been thinking about it. And because it was so late in life that I started thinking of myself as a catalyst, what I came to see was there was always a way that seemed like the right way, right? From just the early, like I would help my teachers reorganize their classrooms. And looking back now, I can be like, oh yeah, that sense of optimization was always there. But I don't know that I would tie it to, you know, the sense of making the world better that we talk about as a catalyst today. You know, those seeds are there all the way through. I was drawn to student government in high school, you know, was class president for several years. I don't know that I felt like I left a lasting legacy there, but that draw to engage in the places where you could shift things was such a natural way of being for me. So my really identifying as a catalyst in some way. Those earliest memories weren't till I was in Microsoft, where I could come and just see like 
this isn't right. One of the things I did, I started a conference for the type of researcher that I was at Microsoft because we didn't have a space in a community and it just seemed obvious to do that. And then also Microsoft was really famous, had a ranking system, a stack ranking system that was really deleterious to people's mental health, even really excellent performers. And I was, you know, nobody in the scope of 100,000 people at Microsoft, but I couldn't stop myself from using my research skills to study what the impacts were and go and lobby the head of HR, right? Like I couldn't not do that, even though I knew there was very little chance that the work that I would do had direct impact. So those are the places that I really begin to see it much more explicitly, if that makes sense. Totally. What advice do you have for your 20-year-old self? I want to go back to my 20-year-old self and tell her to trust tuning into her natural abilities. Because when I look backward at my professional career, the line that ties it together makes so much sense. But the wisdom I had collected and my natural ambition had taught me, right, that it was more about titles. It was more about industries. And so I tried to make that fit and it never felt satisfying. And so in my work with Catalyst Now, right, I can see all the time, we are drawn to the challenge and we're drawn to the places that we know our strengths are going to help us make an impact against those challenges. And so I wish I had tuned in at 20 to the fact that empathy and really being able to see people and understand systems had been such a natural thing from my very earliest days. And now, like, that took me from teaching to research to specifically ethnographic research, into coaching and into working with Catalyst. Like it's such a direct line, but I didn't realize I was looking for it until really late in life. I just want to say thank you for this opportunity to write this book with you and to build this movement with you. I couldn't be more grateful. I feel exactly the same way. Thank you so much for listening. If you're interested in joining our global Catalyst movement, you can learn more at our website at catalystconstellations.com. And be sure to check out our book, Move Fast, Break Shit, Burn Out, The Catalyst Guide to Working Well. If you've got some other catalysts in your life, hit the share button and send a link their way. Thanks again. 